Ada. Hi, how are you, Mark? I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. You uh, happy Valentine's Day for Sunday? Seems Thank like you very much. I was at the footy club. Very romantic. <laughs> are they the flowers in the background? Without the flowers, <laughs> they're my new flowers. This is my new plant. Remember? No, that's, that's right. It is a new one. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, it's great to be back again. We're doing it every fortnight now, and um, uh, the uh, estate and succession mastery and and I'm looking forward to having another year with you and Edith, going through topics that are of interest to everyone. In fact, we um, I ran a webinar this morning on the three ways to uh, start the conversation. In fact, let's talk about that first. I, I ran a webinar this morning on the three ways to start the conversation with Dad. Oh, with Dad. Okay. Yeah, start the conversation with Dad. Yeah, good. Uh, good too. Yeah, well, the... Um, the issue being, of course, is that a lot of times communication. <laughs> see, here we are. Communication, the word straight away. Communication between yeah. the generations is the big issue, isn't it? And uh, yeah. And yeah. so I, I just ran a forty-five minute session on how to uh, how to come up with ways to to start the conversation, whether it's you know mum and dad down to the kids, yep. or how the kids can can approach mum and dad to find out uh, what the future looks like. Because I mean, at the end of the day. Um, you know that's half the battle isn't it it's just understanding mm. what the what the plans are yeah that's great to have some practical tips because the theory is all good but it's actually getting there yeah. and the doing that is the key no that's right so no that went very well but but look i'm uh, i'm uber excited because this week here we go uber excited. The, <laughs> i'm excited because i have it hot off the press also You've got it hot off the press as well. In fact, I'll, I'll have to get a couple of uh, hard copies for you and Tom to have a look at as well. I know you'll read it cover to cover and there'll be an exam next week. Okay. <laughs> I'm on notice. Hopefully I pass. <laughs> I, won't be, I won't be allowed back on your show. No, I'm sure it's our show. So, But no, you'll always be welcome here. So, look, I wrote, I wrote the book uh, because I know people care about their families and, and that's kind of where it all starts. So I just thought I'd scroll through and we could have a look at the... Uh, uh, the contents, the nine, ten chapters that we've got here, and I hope people can uh, can see that. I know it's not huge, but uh, I just thought we'd go through and, and just touch on, uh, Juanita, some of the things that I talk about in the book, and uh, it's a lot to do with our process and so on, but but obviously uh, to um, just to, to raise some of the issues that are, uh, you know, that people struggle with and to help people get unstuck or unbogged or whatever you want to call it. So uh, have, have you got any thoughts before we um, we kick off in regard? We've talked about the book before and the, and the process that I go through. Yeah, um, well, I, I think it's quite unique because I haven't seen a book like this um, out and about. And obviously we see lots of books, but um, I really, I, on my first flick mark, I really like how it's um, it's set out. It looks nice and easy, and it's not all doom and gloom. So I'm looking forward to getting into it. Now, doom and gloom is the next book I'm writing, so uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk we'll talk about that soon. But um, but basically, what I, I was doing here was just talk about basically why I wrote the book, and uh, and you know, once again, the uh, as you can see, before chapter one, we talk about the importance of open and honest communication our, our key word each week so you know what do you think are the key things with with communication Juanita in regard to you know helping families get on track get unstuck 
starting is a good point. Uh, you know, I, I think there's always that hesitance, uh, hesitancy to actually start the communication for whatever, um, you know, whatever reason. Usually it's a difficult topic to talk about or, as you just pointed out before, often um, people don't have the practical tools to know what to say and how to say it. So um, I think just, you know, starting and, and putting some thought into the, the practicalities and, the, and the, what you want to say and planning ahead. Like it's, I think always by being a little bit prepared of what questions you want to ask and what you want to get out of that conversation and what questions you might get back is always a useful tool. Yeah. Look, look absolutely. And, uh, you know, we talk about this every week, but, I mean, it's all so much about uh, starting the communication. And, and as I said, the, the webinar that I ran today, midday today, was, was all about uh, finding ways for mum and dad to be able to have a conversation with the children. And, and I mean, that's the greatest issue in so many times is the parents don't know how to talk to their kids about this. And, and, I, and I went through all the reasons and a lot of it had to do with, you know, the, the parents don't want to leave. Uh, they don't know what they do if, if the kids take over. It's kind of like, well, okay, well, well, as parents, what will we now do? We don't want to play golf every day of the week. Um, and, and, you know, the most, most dads want to die with their boots on, even if mum doesn't. Uh, you know, dads want to die with their boots on. They love what they do. They, they don't want to do anything else. And so they don't know how to have a conversation with their kids or how to open up the opportunity for the children around, um, you know, effectively moving them off the farm. And for the kids, it's always about uh, not appearing, not wanting to appear to be uh, uh, entitled or, or have a high expectation. Uh, in other words, to turn up saying, hey, Dad, you know, when you die, what am I going to get? They don't want to be seen that way. Uh, but, but certainly, uh, you know, that's why it's hard for them because they figure that if they go and start talking about this with their parents, the parents will see them as kind of money-hungry and, and sort of over-eager and entitled and... And so on. So, so there are good strategies, you know, by by going through some of the stuff that we've done and talked about to, to help, you know, bridge that that communication gap. I guess. Yeah. Okay. So, look, let's just go through the the chapters. The first one really is, uh, and I just think this is so crucial to everything in life, is to sit down and, uh, you know, we're dealing with rural families here, and and I've just called this one having a cuppa and a chat. In other words. You know, don't come in from a micro point of view and so sort of saying, well, you know, what do you own and owe and can you give me copies of trustees and, uh, you know, can I look at balance sheets and all that sort of stuff. I think the best way to start communication around estate and succession planning is to just sit down and, and have a chat over, a, you know, a cup of, tea, a cup of tea and a scone, hopefully with nice jam. Um, so, uh, uh, so you know, that's to me, that's the best way and the most natural way to start the conversation is just to sit down around the table, have a bit of a cup or, you know, ask some questions, get a bit of an idea of who's who in the family and so on and start talking about just in general terms yeah. without getting too, too focused. Your, your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, you took the word out of my mouth. I was going to say this, you know, this conversation is more general. So it's it's sort of what your your wishes are and your concerns are probably and and what you want the end result to be so um, before we go into all the before the, the clients or ourselves go into all the nitty-gritty that's a good umbrella um, overview to start with uh, so then you let the professionals um, help you get there but there's also some great tools that we've spoken about before and I can see that are in your bookmark which allow uh, you to put a little bit of thought 
into that conversation or into that um, you know into that chat before it happens, such as the family tree and the, you know what what your what your, um, your the questions for yourself are and what your end game is. Yeah, look, absolutely, and, and uh, thanks for raising that point there too. Look, the the book is available as a download. I mean, we're charging the whole five dollars ninety or something for the book, or it might even be less. I forget now. If anyone really? wants to, yeah, that's a bargain. This this is not for the hardcover. This is for the uh, you know yeah. the ebook version. Um, but but I mean the the thing is in the book we've we've created links to all of the tools that we use in our process. So you know, if someone wants to, you know, go in and have a go at doing it yourself, and to, to start thinking through some of the questions that we ask our clients, um, you know, get a copy of the book. There's links in it to uh, all the resources that we use. Uh, you know, there'll eventually be some videos and so on that you'll be able to to get access uh, to as well. So um, uh, you know, there's there's a whole lot of value in there, apart from just me writing some words down, there's actually thinking exercises, tools and frameworks for you to, to have a look at. But look, uh, moving on, when we go, um, so we, we've had a couple and a, and a chat with people, then we sit down and we talk about uh, what are the burning issues? And actually, I stole that phrase from Tom, uh, the burning <laughs> burning issues, but but really that's what it, that's what it gets down to. It's um, because we've got to cover off on all the things people don't know, they don't know and so on. And so once we've been through all the, all the checklists and scorecards and those sorts of things, we, we can then sit down and say, okay, well, you know, we've been through all these issues, whether it's asset protection, you know, family harmony, uh, communication, getting rid of conflict or minimizing conflict and the propensity to contest wills and so on. You know, from the client's point of view, what are the burning issues that are going to uh, be the most important ones uh, that if we get those fixed, the, you know, the client's going to be the most I guess satisfied with with the outcomes. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, thinking uh, logically after that cuppa and a chat step, often you've got so much in your head or writing down. When you actually talk it out, it can help very much in in as far as uh, clearing your mind goes. Uh, you know, I'm sure yeah. our listeners would have experienced themselves. You can have a lot of things to think about when you actually try to verbalise it. It 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 can be difficult, but it can also really help that process. So um, definitely very useful. Yeah, you know, the, the point is, uh, we need it with all the tools that we use with uh, clients, frameworks, whatever you want to call them, forms, thinking tools. Um, they do, but there's in, in each tool that we use, there's a whole range of issues will, will come up for a client. Mm -hmm. But I mean, what you do when you distill it all and you get down to the burning, burning issues checklist, so to speak, a lot of the issues in each of the questionnaires that we use just become, you know, the client will notice that they're becoming repetitive. And what that's yeah. doing is reinforcing that they're the important things that they most need to uh, most yeah. need to get fixed. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah. And you often, Mark, you know from experience working with us that we'll often, um, before we set out um, on an appointment with a client, right at the outset, we'll ask the client, what are those, you know, what are those key issues that you really want to cover today? What are those burning issues? Because we can talk all day about this stuff, but it'll be, um, you know, not the most efficient use of time unless we really find out what are the burning issues, what are the key things that we need to cover and, and focus on those. So that's a really important question that we as advisors ask our clients right from the outset. Yeah, sure. And I mean, people do come in with their own preconceived ideas and, and they'll uh, and which is fine, and they'll come in, and that, in their mind, they've already got three or four questions that yeah. they're uh, most concerned about, and uh, 
you know, the good thing that you're doing is giving them the opportunity. I know when you go through and set the agenda for the meetings, uh, you give them the opportunity to, to uh, put down what are the things that are important to them. Okay, well, the next thing is uh, family harmony. And uh, this is just so integral to, to the whole thing and uh, the whole, whole process. And this is about, uh, and these days, uh, you know, I'm very much anti the sitting everyone down around the table and having a group, you know, group kumbaya session where mum, dad and the five kids are all sitting around a table and trying to, to talk about this sort of stuff. And the reason I'm anti doing that, uh, Juanita, is that, you know, the loud ones will be heard and the quietly spoken ones will sit in the corner and they'll walk out and they'll be as frustrated as all hell, mm -hmm. whereas the loud ones will have got their way or, or, you know, at least will have expressed their opinion and yep. uh, the quiet ones just get frustrated. So you've seen yep. this happen before, haven't you? Yeah, and, and also not everyone's comfortable speaking their mind openly and freely um, with others in the room. So um, by utilising that strategy market allows people to feel comfortable and, and honest in what they say. Look, absolutely. That's and you raised a really good point. I mean, you get a whole lot of kids in the room with mum and dad. I mean, who, which of your kids, unless they're, they're I was going to use the word brats, are going to stand up in a meeting and start, you know, slagging off at mum and dad about what's happening and how they're doing it and all that sort of stuff. So it's very hard for children in a you know group talk to uh, uh, to correct their parents or argue with their parents mm -hmm. or, or sort of necessarily get their opinion. So what I do is, is have a conversation with mum and dad. Then I have what's called a gratitude conversation with the uh, children. And there's a whole lot of tools and capabilities we can use there to uh, uh, to help that whole process. We haven't got time to go into them now, but but certainly, uh, uh, you know, each each child I speak with individually, I don't meet with their spouses. So that, you know, obviously mum and dad I meet with. Uh, and sometimes I meet with, uh, afterwards I'll meet with them individually as well. Uh, but certainly the children is just by themselves, not with their spouses, no other people involved, just myself. And, and, that, and that leads to honesty. You know, kids, kids turn up with manners and honesty when, uh, when we have one-on-one -on -one meetings. And, uh, you know, I find that's when you really get to the crux of, of, of what everyone's wanting to, to happen. Yeah, and I love the example that you give in this chapter, one farm, seven children. So, you know, you can automatically see, you guess what the problems are here. And this is really common. As you know, we see this all the time. Maybe not seven children, but quite often one farm, three children, or one business, two children. And so this is um, actually a really common, um, what's the word? Um, it's, not a, it's not an issue. It's a really common example that we need to work through with, with yeah. people with their estate planning. Look, look, absolutely. And in the book, you're actually, I know you've got a copy there and you're going ahead, but yeah, there's a great example there about the, the family with a whole swag of kids and one farm and, and how we're able to go in and create certainty for everybody and uh, harmony between the ones that probably would have liked to have gone on the farm as well, uh, but we can only choose one son. And so we talk about how, uh, how you can do that. Okay. Do you want to, do you want to talk about due diligence? Uh, Juanita, that's that's chapter four, and once again we use some uh, examples in here. We talk about how we hand hand this off to the lawyers to to do this, but uh, due diligence is something you get involved in. So do you want to just cover yeah. off? Yeah, this is one of my favourite parts of the process. I know that makes me sound like a big nerd, but so be it. <laughs> so this this part is where we as lawyers will review, particularly all the documentation information that we have. Um, about 
your situation and your financials and your structures, et cetera, et cetera, because often you don't know what you don't know. So um, specifically, um, you know, we'll look at things such as trust deeds, um, financial statements, we'll do company searches, we'll look at superannuation deeds or binding death benefit nominations, um, previous estate planning documents, partnership agreements, uh, all those sort of things. And um, we will have a bit of an overview so we know how everything fits in the jigsaw puzzle and also start identifying where there are um, potential risks or matters that need to be addressed as part of your estate planning. So it's it's really the the groundwork of the pyramid as such to make sure everything's addressed as the process goes through. So it makes me feel like a bit of a, um, I, I don't know, like a, an investigator, not an investigator, maybe a private eye, but it's, um, oh, my light's gone off again. You better wave your hand to turn the light <laughs> back And the reason is a lot of clients don't know, um, you know, don't know what they don't know or don't know the answers to the things that we need to know and that's perfectly normal and perfectly um, expected. So this is a step where we review all of that and put in place what needs to do, what needs to be done or at least give the people the option to decide themselves whether they want to address that risk or whether they accept that risk, for example. Yeah, uh, and yeah, very important uh, differentiation there too. I mean, you can uh, you can tell people what all the issues are. Each issue probably has a price tag on fixing it, and uh, and then at least you've made people aware of what's going to, what could go wrong, and they can mm -hmm. make sure whether they fix it or not. Yeah. So that's good. So that's due diligence, and that's a bit you guys do. That's the detail. That's stuff I don't get involved in but a uh, very important part of the whole process. As with the next one, the distribution matrix as well. And we, uh, uh, you know, this is all about, this sort of ties in with the family harmony as well. And by having the distribution matrix, which I'll hand over to you for too, Anita, I mean, that allows you to work out what it is that each person is getting net of tax and all those sorts of things so that you know you've created fairness. If, if equality is needed, it'll definitely help you make equality. Um, but also it helps you understand that uh, sometimes fairness and, you know, one has to be re rewarded for, for, for certain things in certain ways. So your yep. thoughts here? Yeah, so the distribution matrix is essentially a big spreadsheet and we list all the assets down one side and all the beneficiaries, so all the spouse and the children, um, typically the children, so we're, we're sort of considering what will happen when both pass away up the top and then we work out what what's going to go where and what the end result will be. Um, you might say, well, I can do that. You know, I can just write a list of things. But we also take into account in that spreadsheet things such as tax implications. So if someone's going to get an asset but a whole bunch of tax implications as well, that needs to, needs to be taken account as opposed to just handing some cash over. So that's where it can get, um, get uh, you know, a little bit more detailed and that's where we can help there. Um, Often, specifically in the example before where we had one farm, seven children, um, we might be doing some arrangements where one child needs to buy out or or um, pay out you know, the other children. And so we can play around with all of that in the distribution matrix. So in its simplest form, um, sets out the assets and the liabilities and who they're going to go to. And then the next step is we can play around and look at different scenarios and different tax effects, et cetera, to see how it all washes out in the end potentially. Yeah, no, that's great. Look, I'm uh, I'm actually going to put a uh, a link. I have no idea how to do this, so I'm going to try. Um, I'm actually going to put a link to the book in um, 
Uh, so that should show up in Facebook. Uh, if anyone's interested in ordering the book, uh, there's a link there on the in the comments underneath here. Okay, that was very well described. Next one, protected prosperity. And, and this is, uh, once again, a big part for you guys, and that is talking about testamentary trusts and all the ways you can go about helping clients to make sure that whatever prosperity they've generated, whatever wealth they've generated, uh, is protected against... And, and it was interesting talking to some people yesterday down in Griffith. Uh, you know, it's not just about failed marriages. It's about bankruptcy. It's, uh, you know, the tax advantages and so on as well. You know, because what if what if one of your kids uh, went bankrupt and then you've left them, you know, $3 million in your will uh, and the uh, trustee in bankruptcy just comes along and says, thank you very, thank you very much. We'll have all that. So everything you've generated in life to look after your child uh, could could just go in one fell sweep, and and people don't always go bankrupt for for their own, um, you know, because of their own stupidity, or or uh, it, it really can be bad luck or COVID or all those sorts of things. I mean, people can yeah. go bankrupt for reasons not of their own making. But yeah. anyway, let's, you you want to just touch on for a couple of minutes about protecting. Yeah, well, certainly. You're exactly right there. It's not always you know by their own. Um, their own choosing, I guess, and we've seen a lot of financial stress over the last 12 months for businesses and individuals. But this chapter, I suppose, um, is really talking about asset protection and what, what are the best choices and what structures suit the particular person. So um, getting an idea of what risks there might be for that particular person or their beneficiaries, and then being armed with the knowledge of what different um, options and structures you can put in place, such as testamentary trusts perhaps family discretionary trusts during one's lifetime uh, and what other documents are all part of that suite. So it's, it's not just a will. Uh, you might have letters to guardians and trustees. You might have your enduring power of attorney, uh, your advanced health directive, your binding death benefit nomination. So now we're starting, as you can, as you can tell, we're starting to drill down a little bit and, and work out, you know, what, what exactly it needs or is advisable to be put in place to uh, achieve the wishes and get the right asset protection around that. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting at the start of each of these sessions, we sit there and we say, I wonder how we're going to talk for 30 minutes about all this stuff. And here we are, we're nearly yeah. <laughs> we're half, halfway through and we're nearly out of time. So we'll speed up now. How many chapters have we got? Nine. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to make it simple for people. Uh, the next <laughs> one is final documentation. And really, that's just me staying on your case on the lawyer's case to make sure that it actually gets done and it's followed up and uh, and all the documents are signed and everything's you know in place sometimes we uh, we encourage our clients to get an interim will from you before we go too deeply into everything so that at least they've got something in place that they know is going to do the job for them so yeah. final documentation is really just about my uh, role or our business's role in regard to making sure that you know once we've been through the the due diligence the relationship uh, conversations, the distribution matrix to work out fairness, protecting everything. We just want to make sure it all gets signed, sealed and delivered. And that's what we're talking about here. So there's a few tools, a few checklists and so on in that chapter. The next the next chapter, as I'll just keep moving on, is the family estate blueprint. And this is all the human elements. This is, uh, I, I hope you can hear me because it's, up, it's like a cyclone outside here. Um, this is the uh, all the human elements. This is the Dear Mary letters. It's the... It's the things you never want left unsaid with your family. You know, where down down to where do you want to be buried or cremated, and uh, and all those sorts of things. How do you create a 
a tactical team to make sure that when your kids are suffering emotional paralysis, uh, that, uh, you know, someone's there to keep the business running and so on. So mm. your thoughts in regard to this, this chapter quickly? Yeah, useful to have. It uh, shouldn't be in your will. It's a separate, no. it's in a separate document. It's certainly not something that you should be putting in your will. Um, and so along with all the other documents, it, it sort of um, ties that up nicely and gives some real guidance and help to, to those left behind after you pass away. And I, and I should add with all these documents that we just spoke about in the previous chapter in this, um, please do not put them uh, in the kitchen drawer or the bedside table. They should all be with your solicitor or accountant in safe custody so they are safe, they don't get destroyed or the coffee spilt on them, they're all in one place, etc. So that's a real um, practical point to sort of tie all that together once the process is finished. No, well, well said. And the final chapter we talk about uh, peace of mind, creating peace of mind in Chapter 9 and that's all about uh, making sure, and as you said, people, you know, traditionally they get their will done and then uh, they chuck it in the top drawer, bedside table, and 15, 20 years later, they go, oh, it's getting a bit old now, maybe we, we should review it. So mm -hmm. our process talks about making sure that you update, or at least review, not you don't have to necessarily update, but at least review, have a conversation with uh, your uh, facilitator, and just review what changes have happened during the year. Now, what we do with our clients, is we sit down, we have a conversation with mum and dad, but we also sit down and have a conversation with each of the children, uh, because if they're young kids, if they're teenagers or in their early 20s or so on, I mean, you know, at 21, they might want to just go travel the world and they don't care about the farm or the property or the business. But by the time they're 23 or four or five, they may have a different aspect. And so, you know, we may have to look at different planning in regard to a child that, that changes their mind as they will over that period of time. So, and mum and dad may change their mind. They might want to just sell and go and move to the beach. So, you know, you, uh, we just need to make sure that if you're going to spend all this money to get this sorted now, you want to make sure that uh, whatever you do, uh, it stays relevant and current. And, and that's just a process that we use, as well as the, uh, uh, you, you know, Bonita um, the Guardian Advantage, where if somebody dies, we turn up and make sure all the things that they've created as part of this process, uh, there's someone there to make sure that they're all implemented for them. But all those sorts of tools and worksheets and so on, uh, once you once you get a copy of the book, you'll get a link to download those, and uh, you know you can go through at your leisure and do a lot of those yourself if uh, uh, if you want to have a go at doing those yourself. Okay. Any any thoughts in summary? I think uh, I mean that's the index pages. After that, it it goes on, and um, we then just get into the book, and that's it. Yeah. Um... I think uh, just summing up what you just said before, it's certainly you just you need to review these things. So uh, it, it may not be that you need to update things, but certainly after every period of time, um, say a few years or if significant events in your life, marriages, divorces, births, sales of businesses, sales of property, uh, you need to review your estate planning. And it, review is the key, not necessarily change. Uh, and uh, you know, keep that as a regular checkup, which I know, Mark, you do a great job at. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Anyway, we're very proud of the book. We've had, uh, there's been a huge number of sales. Uh, we've been doing a Facebook campaign on the book and, and uh, it's been a huge take up, which has been really rewarding for us. As you know, my goal is to positively affect the lives of a million families before uh, in the next 25 years. Uh, and um, so, you know, the book hopefully is a way of doing that. And uh, 
you know, uh, as I say, I think it's $5.90 if you want to go to that link that's probably below this video and, uh, and download that. Uh, um, you know, this isn't about me, it's about the people that read the book. So I, I hope everyone gets some real value out of it. Well, I, I think there is a lot of value to be had in that in that price mark for the information in there. So, uh, right. no, it's fantastic. So well done. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And uh, look forward So next fortnight, same time, same place, two weeks from today. And yes. thanks, Vanita. Thanks for uh, all your contribution. You and Murdoch lawyers uh, do a great job. So thanks for getting involved. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. See you next time.